Saints tonight will be singing him 497. highest definition is God in the Son to be enjoyed by us. Amen. 
It is not only something done or given, but God himself, our portion glorious. Amen. This grace. Go ahead, sister. This grace, which is the living Christ himself. Amen. Is what we need and must experience. Amen. Lord, may we know this grace and by it live. Amen. Increasingly as grace to saints. Amen. Amen. This grace, which is the living Christ himself. Is what we need and must experience. Lord, may we know this grace and by it live, thus increasing as grace to sins. Amen. 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 Paul the Apostle counted all as dung. It was Amen. only God in Christ, he counted grace. Amen. 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 Right? Amen. In its highest definition, is God in the Son to be enjoyed by us? It is not Amen. only something done or given, but God Himself, our portion glorious. Amen. 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 God Himself is our portion glorious. Amen. 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 This grace, which is the living Christ Himself, is what we need and must experience. Amen. Lord, may we know this grace and by it live. Amen. Amen. God is incarnate in our flesh. May receive experience ourselves. This is the grace which we receive of God, which comes to Christ and which is Christ Himself. Amen. Amen. All sufficiency don't fail. It is this grace which is our spirit is. Waking out God's will. Amen. 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 This is the grace we receive of God. Amen. Through Christ and which is Christ Himself. Amen. Thanks. We're gonna sing this hymn again. This hymn talking about the definition of grace. Many people like the word grace, but we thought grace is just something. Uh, what God has done or he's given to us in verse 1 telling us this is God himself Great, not just some toys all things are just vanity everything under the sun is just vanity you know vanity is bubbles and this week our morning revival talk about bubbles that is the word vanity 
you know, when you, many of us, when we were young, we played this soap, this soap bubble. Under the sun is colorful. Rainbow color is wonderful, but the moment you want to touch it, it just pop, nothing left. That is vanity. Saints, only God is the reality. Beside God, everything is just bubbles. These are called vanity. Okay. And grace is the highest definition of grace is God in the sun to be enjoyed by us. Not just something, something visible, something he has done and given to us, but it is God himself that is our real enjoyment. That is grace. And secondly, what is grace? Grace is God become a man that is to be received by us that grace is come with reality, okay? that we can enjoy him and with the reality that is God became a man. So God is no longer abstract to us, but is so real to us. And verse three, what is grace? Grace is the opening strength within the apostle. Cause apostle keep laboring, experience, that he can, oh Lord, that he can experience this surpassing than others. Now, because of this grace is operating within us, makes our life full of vitality. That is grace. Amen. Verse four, this grace is for us to fulfill God's purpose. It's not just for me to do what I like, but this grace is caused us to fulfill God's purpose. Tonight we want to see what is the purpose of God's calling us. Now Abraham enjoying God giving many things, but tonight we want to see God said to Abraham, I call you not just to give you some toys, but I call you is to fulfill my purpose. And he promised Abraham the seed and the land. What is this? This is grace. Amen. God's purpose can only fulfill by grace, not fulfilled by our sweat, by our own strength. It was fulfilled by grace. Number five or verse five. Okay. It's saying grace is the living Christ, that Christ lived out through us, that we produce Isaac. We not only as a religious people, but we are living out Christ. This is grace. Now, what we need to experience, we may know and live it out. This is grace. How about let's sing this again? Amen. Even you're familiar with the tune, not familiar with the tune, let's sing along with the music and let's enjoy grace. Amen.
Good evening, everyone, um, and welcome to the Bible study. Oh, may the Lord shine on these words tonight. Amen. Not only something done or given, but may we really see the living Christ and experience him. Amen. Yes. So uh, we're going to cover Genesis chapter 16 and 17 tonight. So uh, Etienne, if you can break us up maybe for, I think, seven minutes. Um, I wonder if we should. But anyway, let's, let's do eight minutes maybe. Yeah, break us up for eight minutes. Then we'll read through chapters 16 and 17 of Genesis all the way up to chapter. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I don't know if uh, you were able to get through all the verses, but if not, it's okay. I think we, we have an idea, right, of, of what we're fellowshipping about tonight. So tonight, in the first section, um, maybe you start sharing. Um, uh, Saints, I won't be able to join you for the whole session tonight. Um, uh, my, my wife, we, we recently had a baby. So praise the Lord, we have a seed. May the seed be uh, become... You have the Isaac. seed, you have the lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, yeah, so praise the Lord, but it's still so good to be with you, saints. I'm so happy we can be together. And um, may the Lord really open this word to us. I've really been enjoying Genesis with all of you. I hope you've also cherished these times. May the Lord really open up this word to us. Genesis is not just a book of stories that we want to just read and and know the stories and and feel like it's somewhat maybe uh it, it makes our heart feel warm or but we want to see the the deeper meaning in this book and genesis brothers and sisters is really a book of seeds where the lord has sown all these seeds into his word and wants to open them up to us that we might see what is in his heart concerning man, concerning his intention with man. So I'm really so thankful that we can get into this, into these matters, and, and, and especially tonight with these, um, with these two women, the allegory of these two women. So this, this matter of the allegory, this is something that Paul showed us in Galatians. He told us in Galatians, that these two women are an allegory of two covenants. One a covenant of the law and the other a covenant of the promise. And so we want to see what does the Lord want to show us through these, through these women. Something he wants to open up to us. So in Genesis we've seen that when God created, he created man with a very particular intention and that intention was that this created being this vessel would be a vessel to receive god into him as his life that man might express god in all his riches and that this man through expressing god would love god and then this man would exercise 
God's dominion on the earth, bringing God's kingdom to the earth and his authority. Brothers and sisters, this is a tremendous matter. This is, this is God's intention in his creation of man. Wow, this is what we see in Genesis. We don't just see all kinds of stories, but we see that God has a purpose with his creation of man. And that is that this man would express him and represent him. So now we have seen how fallen this created man became. And eventually God had to turn to another race, the called race, Abraham. And so God called Abraham out of Chaldea and he called him away from where he was. Abram dragging his feet, you know, through the mud, taking time, having to bring a lot with him, all kinds of things, right? But eventually, Abram came to the place where God intended him to be, and there he, he built an altar, and he, he lived the life of a tent. So, so Abram had, had, had journeyed with the Lord, and the Lord was journeying with Abram. But as they were journeying, Abram really needed a seed. Actually, you know what? Not, not Abram. God. Yes, Abram needed a seed. But you know who really needed a seed was God. God wanted to gain a nation, a corporate people who would express him through whom he could have a way to have his expression on the earth to exercise his dominion on the earth. God wanted to gain such a people. So he needed a seed and he needed the land. And so last week we saw that this seed is not something that is something that can come forth out of something that we have brought along by our natural life. Lot, Abram brought Lot with him. But eventually the arrangement by the Lord's sovereignty was that Lot would separate himself from Abram. And therefore, Lot was not Abram's seed. He was not what God had promised him. Then Abram presented Eliezer to God and said, but, but, let, but what about, I don't have, a, I don't have a, a seed. I don't have, you've, not, you've promised me a son. You've promised me a seed, but I don't have. Well, here is Eliezer. He's the top man that I have the top possession that I've picked up on all my journeys. Then God said, no, not Eliezer, but what comes out of you, something needs to be wrought into your very being that will come out of you. I want to work Christ into you that he might be the seed. And then when Christ comes into us, as the seed, when he begins to live out of us, that is the land. That is the, the, the living out of this seed that we have received from God. So praise the Lord. This is his intention. And this is how he's going to accomplish what he has created man for. Okay, but now Abram doesn't have a seed and he doesn't have land. So what does he do? Actually, you know what, brothers and sisters, it is a wonderful position to be in when we have nothing. When we have nothing, then you know what? Then God can come in. The problem is if we have so many things, it's, it's 
God has to God has to show us like this it has to show us everything is vanity. You just have bubbles. You have you have things that are seemingly so valuable, so worthwhile. But you know what? All that you have acquired, it's not worth much. It's actually just vain. You 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 try and hold it, it will just vaporize. But what I work into you, that that is something that will fulfill my purpose and accomplish my intention for creating you. Wow. God wants to work Christ into us as the seed and he wants Christ to live out of us as the land. So now here is Abraham. He's now, I think he's 80 something, 86 maybe. What does it say? And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. That's verse 16. So Abram is, well, he's not a young man. <laughs> uh, and, and he has no seed. So Hagar, well, sorry, Sarai, she, his wife, has not borne him a seed. So she comes to him and he says to Abram, Abram, she has this Egyptian female servant whose name is Hagar. And Sarah came to, comes to Abraham, because Jehovah has prevented me from bearing, please go into my female servant. Perhaps I will have children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. Okay, so Abraham's wife has a very good idea. What about this, this female servant? Okay, we picked up Lot, we brought Lot the, the, from, our, from our, our natural life. That wasn't good enough. We got Eliezer from Damascus, maybe. That wasn't good enough. But, okay, we, we went down to Egypt. Abram tried to sell him. Well, anyway, he didn't try and sell his wife, but he almost sold his wife. Sovereignly, God arranged that he would not lose his wife. But they picked up Hagar. Well, maybe this is the Lord's provision. We picked up many other things also in Egypt. So maybe this is God's way of providing for us. Who knows? So why don't, Abram, why don't you go into Hagar? The seed will come out of you, right? Abram, you will have a son. You will have a seed. Go into Hagar. Maybe she will produce a seed. Then what happens? Well, Hagar produces a son. Wow, this really must be the Lord's arrangement. He's first given us Hagar. Now Hagar conceives, and you know what? She conceives. What's the chance? She's going to conceive a, a boy or a girl? Well, a boy. Well, this must be the seed. So Abram, seemingly, this, this is really, we just, don't you experience this? Oh, the Lord has sovereignly arranged all these things, and this is the Lord's arrangement. But you know what, brothers and sisters, the Lord doesn't want something. Apart from Christ. Wow. Yes, seemingly it might seem very good. It might seemingly seem like the Lord's arrangement. But this whole situation is to really show us this contrast between what is brought forth out of the flesh and what is brought forth by the promise, by grace. Like the hymn. It's not something done or given. But it is Christ himself who is our portion. 
Okay, so now the only way for us to really um, have the proper understanding of these two women, of, of Sarah and Hagar, is to go to Galatians, where Paul shows us that these two women represent to us two covenants. Okay. So the first covenant is the covenant of the promise. So in Galatians chapter 4, verse 24. No, sorry, 23. However, the one of the main servant was born according to the flesh, but the one of the free women was born through promise. Okay, so what does the promise signify to us? The promise is the covenant of grace, right? It is grace. Grace is God coming to us in Christ as the Spirit. Not that we would work out something for God, but that something would be worked into us. Something would be worked into Abraham. Grace is God coming to do, not us producing something. Okay? So this is of the promise. This is, this is the covenant of grace. This is Sarah. Okay? What, is the, what does Hagar signify? So that's verse 25. Now this Hagar in Sinai, the mountain in Arabia and corresponds to the Jerusalem, which now is, for she is in slavery with her children. Okay, so, so what happens is, brothers and sisters, when we are ignorant of God's grace, whenever we are ignorant of the grace of the Lord, the law comes in. God's ordination was that man would have one wife, one male, one man, and one woman. They should be together. But when the man struggled to have maybe children with his wife, he would gain a concubine. He would get a concubine and then through her produce something. So this is very meaningful. This is when, when as soon as grace takes a bit of time, and delays to work out what God has promised he will do, then what happens is we turn to do something by ourselves, and this brings in the law. So we turn to the concubine, which is the law. So Hagar signifies not grace, but the law. Okay. Interestingly, the promise was given way before the law right we saw that in in um in in genesis in chapter 12 verse verse 2 verse 7 in chapter 13 again in chapter 15 again in chapter 15 later on god made the covenant with abram i will make a covenant with you that you are going to receive the land so so the first thing that god gave was not the law but it was the promise that came first right when did the law come so in, in Galatians 3, verse 17, Paul tells us, and I say this, a covenant previously ratified by God, the law, having come 430 years 
after does not annul so as to make the promise of none effect. So the law wasn't first. The law comes in because of man's ignorance. The law came in 400 years later when man kind of is ignorant of the fact that God wants to work out everything for us. This brings in the law. Okay, so now what is being produced by the law? What is the law issue in? What is the, what is the living out of the law? What is the law issue in? The law issues in Ishmael. Right? It produces something that eventually God says, and um, this will be covered by Brother John in verse 17, but the Lord tells Abraham, no, not Abraham. Um, he, after, anyway, I'm not going to try and get the verse now, but after God promises to Abraham, you are going to have a seed with Sarah. Then Abraham falls on the ground and he is like, well, no, that Ishmael would live before you. And God says, no, God rejects that which comes out of the working out of our flesh with the law, with Hagar, right? You know what? Actually, every Christian is just like Abraham. I'm appreciating this life of Abraham so much. It's so encouraging to me. Because eventually, something does get worked out in Abraham, right? Isaac does get produced. But every Christian, when we, when we receive the Lord as our Savior, right? What's the first thing we want to do? Uh, I had some fellowship with some two... Um, to uh, students who were staying in a block of flat once and they i think i asked them what is god's purpose for man and they said to glorify god so isn't that true well yes it is true right man's purpose is to is to express god to to, to live a life that is acceptable to god and that god that glorifies god but you know what the problem is? The problem is that the way that we glorify God and live a life that expresses God is we live that life by our natural strength, not by God as our grace, as our all-sufficiency, as grace coming to us, as grace being supplied to us. But we live out something by our natural strength. Now we might say, no, 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 I, I, I don't live under the law. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't care for all the, the Ten Commandments. I know I can't keep them. I don't try and keep them. I, I just, I've, I've been saved by grace. Hallelujah. Yes. That's true. You have been saved by grace. But what we do is after we have been saved by grace, we now try and work out something by our natural strength. This is why Paul brings up this matter of the two, the two, um, uh, the two women in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly portrayed crucified? This 
Only I wish to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit out of the works of law or out of the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So we might say, ah, oh, Abraham, why do you go into Hagar? You know God promised you that he would, he would have a seed. And you look at the outward things. Abraham is thinking he's, he's doing quite well. God, he doesn't have a seed with, with, uh, with Sarah. They, they are, what, they are 86 now. You know, they, they have, Lord, you promised me a seed. Nothing's happened. Sarah comes up with this very good idea. We obtained Hagar in Egypt. This seems to be the Lord's arrangement. And she produces a son. But you know what? After all this seemingly good working out, what happens? They lose God's presence. For 13 years. 13 years. Abraham was 86 at the end of chapter 16. And Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. The next verse, 17.1. And when Abraham was 99 years old, Jehovah appeared to Abraham and said to him. So maybe Abraham and Sarah were considering, well, we, you know, we have a seed now. We have, a, you know, this, this kind of worked out. But where is God's presence? Where, where's the Lord? Everything else is so seemingly in place. And, and, and it just seems like everything is just, you know, just worked out. But where is God? Where is the Lord's presence? Brothers and sisters, this is the question we have to ask ourselves. It's not is the outward or the outward working out seemingly something very good so what we do is maybe we say no we're not under the law but you know what we do we make our own laws oh the way i treated my wife today that was not good i won't do that again no i'm going to try harder or maybe maybe a sister oh, i'm gonna just i need to be humble to my husband i need to be a humble wife i need to be a servant to my husband. And some of us fail at our, at our self-made laws. But you know what? Sometimes we succeed. I've seen this. That sometimes we are so strong in ourselves that we work out that which we promise ourselves to do. And you know, that kind of working out, that kind of expression is by the flesh with Hagar. And you know what it produces? It produces Ishmael. And Ishmael is rejected by God. Ishmael does not fulfill God's promise. He does not fulfill God's intention. Ishmael, the living out of, of this seemingly so perfect and good behavior of us. That living out 
whether we, whether we succeed in our, our self-made laws or not, that's not really the point. Maybe Hagar would, if she had bore a, 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 a woman or, you know, brought forth a girl, then we would have said, oh, of course, it's not the Lord. You can see it's a girl. But now she brought forth a man, a man right? So now this is seemingly, it, it matches. It's, it's what I intended to do. But it's rejected by God because it's not worked out through God working something into us to bring forth a seed that expresses God. This is God's intention. His intention is not that we would cooperate with the law to bring forth something seemingly so good because that does not fulfill God's intention. Wow. What a picture, right? How will you understand the law without this, this picture? The law produces something so good. It just matches God's, it even matches God's promise, doesn't it? It looks like it's, it really is. It looks like what God intended. But that was to show us a picture of what was going to come 400 years later, 400 and something years later. What is it? 430 years later, which is the law. And so the law does not work out what is in God's heart. Okay. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord really open our eyes that we would see that what God intends, okay, and this is really in the next chapter, to work out is he wants to, to bring us to the end of ourselves. Like Abram in, in, in Romans 4, Paul says his body was, he considered his body as dead, right? And, and Hagar, she was, uh, and, and Sarah, she was out of function. So when we reach this point where we are really, God had to wait 13 years longer until Abram was 99. <laughs> Abram had to come to the point where, 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 where God would promise him a seed. He would fall on the ground and start laughing because it is impossible with man. Abram considered his body dead. Sarah was out of function. Nothing has happened for, I don't know how many years. I think they were called at the age of 75 or something. This is not, what, 25, 20, 24 years later. Where's the land? Where's the seed? But it's when we are not so full when we are not so capable, when we reach the end, where we are willing to come to the end of our human endeavors, of our human strengths, of our human ability, and we allow God. When the, when the human life comes to the end, then the divine life can come. And then we are open to the grace to receive from God to work something into us. Wow. So God's intention with creating man in Genesis chapter 1 is fulfilled by us 
seeing here in Genesis chapter 16 and 17 that God wants to work something into us. That something has to be wrought into us as a seed and then lift out of us as the land. And that when God is able to carry that out, if he can gain a group of people into whom he has the ground to work himself into, like these verses we are um, covering this week, the vanity of our mind, how we used to live in this vanity in our minds as Gentiles, but now God is coming to renew our minds and transform it that we might have Christ as the reality, not the seemingly good behavior worked out through our natural strength, that will only be rejected by God. Amen. Okay, Brother John, uh, you can continue, Brother. Amen. Yeah. Well, what Adrian mentioned about this vanity um, is not really nothing. It is toxic. This book, uh, this week, Morning Revival, mentioned to us about all things are vanity. And if God's people are getting to this vanity, we are going to the same experience with King Solomon. He's the one who wrote this book, The Vanity of Vanities. Uh, you know, this book, Vanity, uh, the Ecclesiastes, is not just for the unbelievers. It is for God's people. Just like Solomon, being a king, govern, take care of God's people. But he was occupied with earthly things. He possessed 40,000 of horsemen. You know, and 700 of wives and 300 of concubines. These all, he got everything. And his silver and gold is like pebbles and stones. So much is unconsumable. Now, he is a person that's full of successful. But all these things, he left the presence of Jehovah. So everything, he said, this cannot satisfy me. This become vanity of vanities. Now, <clears throat> saints... All these things, not only vanity, but it come to result. Number one, it darken our understanding. That is Ephesians chapter four. You got too many things. It darken our understanding. Number two, it harden our heart. Then our heart is no longer soft. Uh, don't say they are nothing. They are toxic, they are poison, they are destructive to God's people. Okay. And God's people, if we possess too many vanity things, spoil us, destroy us. Well, I wish you get the outline from this week's morning revival. I highlight some of the words. Okay, let, let's come to this chapter when Adrian opening this chapter, I just feel very interesting. 
this chapter, I don't think sisters, you love these chapters. Okay. This chapter 16 is a chapter of the woman. <laughs> okay, you highlight that word, the two women. This whole chapter, the main figure is woman, especially Sarah okay, or Sarai. <clears throat> well, when God promised Abraham, um, to have seed, he can take it. But when he promised Abraham to have land, Abraham could hardly receive it. So God had to make a covenant with Abraham on chapter 15. Okay. And all these things, uh, the, the, the goal of the covenant is good, but the process is quite terrifying. Okay. But at the end, in chapter 15, the Lord showed Abraham the land I'm going to give you is from the Nile River all the way to the Euphrates River. Such a big land. This is my covenant with you. Even your descendant going to pass through difficulties, but I going to give you this land. Abraham, Christ is the mediator. He will fulfill you join yourself, you offer yourself, that is, offer the offerings, that is, you join with the offerings, and Christ will fulfill this promise. This is the covenant God made with Abraham. Okay. And now, okay, God made covenant with Abraham regarding the seed and the land. Now, let's come, okay, after this covenant has made, and that is the reaction of the typical sister. Now, sisters are very practical. <clears throat> the first time when I come to visit South Africa, people told me, ah, people in South Africa, especially the women, they are practical, they are capable. <laughs> That's why you go to some of the monuments, you get some women there. Okay? They are practical. And Sarah is saying, ah, God, keep talk, talk, talk. Nothing happened. You promised the seed, just give us the seed. You promised the land, give us the land. What happened? Look at verse 3, chapter 16, verse 3. So after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian female servant, and gave her to Abraham, her servant, to be a wife. Is she practical? Hey, God, you just keep talk, 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 talk. Where is the seed? Where is the land? Come on, let's help God to do something happen. Let's make things happen. Okay. I'm old. Okay, praise the Lord. The Lord led us to, to, to Egypt. You tried to sell me, but okay. I was not sold, praise the Lord. Okay. I got returned, but the Lord also gave us another woman, Hagar. Okay, no, how about okay. you go with Hagar? Join with Hagar. Out of you, let's let's help God. That is the big mistake. <clears throat> when Abraham down to Egypt, he commits sin that is offense God's holiness. But this time, her opinion her own self, her own strength, offends God himself. Okay. You know, when Abraham mistake, he offends God's holiness. 
but ourselves offends God himself. God has no more room, okay. nothing to, could do because you are so capable. So this time, okay, outwardly, everything works out, but God is not happy. So God allowed this happen in order what? In order to reveal to us the allegories of two covenant. Only Paul can understand this story. Without Paul, I don't think we may understand, oh, these two women is the allegories of the two covenant. One is the covenant of the law, one is the covenant of grace. You know the word allegory, that is the story. Type is a kind of figurative language, but allegories is figurative stories, the whole story. Okay. So it be, these two women become a story of the old covenant, the covenant of the law, and the covenant of grace. If it's not Paul, I will never read this. What is the meaning of these two, two, two stories? These two women. Okay. Praise the Lord. The Lord allowed that happen so that he show us the position of the law and the position of grace. In God's conversation with Abraham, he never prepared Hagar. Hagar is something out of their own self. Likewise, when God people deal, when God deal with his people, he never prepared the law. He just prepared Christ will be our grace. But because of God's people, <clears throat> when God brought them out of Egypt and come to Mount Sinai, you know God's people say, oh, what God told us we will do. Well, you want to do it. Okay? The moment you want to do it by your own strength, then the law come in. Okay? Just like Sarah. Okay? Let's do it. God, talk, 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 nothing happened. Let's do it. Saints, if we want to do something without enjoyment of God, without God himself, that is the producing of Ishmael. Okay. Then we will start pick up our Hagar and then produce Ishmael. Okay. At the end, God is not happy. As, you, as Adrian mentioned, 13 years, God is not speaking to Abraham. You know, for the first 10 years, Abraham has a lot of experience. He experienced the God of glory. He experienced testing of faith, experience in famine, how God cared for him, the God of the Most High, how he fight for his brothers, and how Melchizedek ministered him. In 10 years, he got a lot of experiences. But after he got Ishmael, 13 years, nothing happened. He must say, oh, what's wrong? How about for the first 10 years? Fantastic. Now, these 13 years, God did not speak anything. Okay. And number one, he lost God's presence. And number two, Sarah 
who proposed this event, she also being mistreated, being suffered. And number three, Hagar, the one being used, also suffered. And number four, Abraham also suffered. No one received the blessing in this chapter 16, <laughs> including the boy. <laughs> Everybody suffered here because of that proposal. They want to help God to do something. Uh, saints, God does not want us to help him without Christ. Without Christ, all what we produce is the wild us. You know, wild us, that is verse 12. It's saying, and Ishmael will be a wild us. Us means donkey. You know, donkey, donkey is quite stubborn. And not only a donkey, but it's a wild donkey of a man. And his hand will strike everyone, hit everyone. Okay. That is wild us. You say, oh, Ishmael, this baby boy, praise the Lord, God give us. No, 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 no. That's a wild us. And then that everyone's hands were against him. His hand will strike everybody. And everyone were against him. And he will dwell, he will settle down on the east side, which is the opposite side of all his brothers. Opposite means east. Some translations say on the east side. So this is the good land on the east side. There was, he was there, the descendant of Ishmael. They stay there. And that is the product of chapter 16. Oh Lord, I hope. Chapter 16 will be a salvation to many sisters, including all the brothers. Sometimes brothers, we are smart. We want to help God do something. And then we experience chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abraham, when Abraham was 99 years old, my goodness, 13 years. Okay, after 13 years, Jehovah came to visit Abraham and said to him, Abraham, I'm not only God of glory, I'm not only God of the most high, I also the God of all sufficient, El Shaddai. Wonderful. Okay. Many of us only experience God of glorious appear to us and also God of the most high taking care of our physical needs. But God said, no, no, no. I'm El Shaddai. El means Elohim. Shaddai means sufficient, all sufficient. Hallelujah for God of all sufficient. And Jehovah said, you walk before me and be perfect. Don't walk before Sarah. Don't walk before your wife, your natural strength. Walk before me and be perfect. What is perfect? Perfect. We want to see this one. Chapter 17, show us what do you mean be perfect? Number one, perfect 
perfection is required by God's all sufficiency. Without God, sufficient supply, we never perfect. Perfect is not by your own strength. Whatever you do, you are not perfect. Without God, you never perfect. Did you see your hand? Did you see my hand? That is four plus one. Okay. Four is the creation. One is the creator. Regardless how you train my four fingers, without the thumb, my hand is not complete. It's not perfect. Okay. Abraham, without my sufficient supply, without experience, my grace, all what we do is just exercising of four fingers. Besides scratching others, you cannot do anything. You just strike, attack every people. Be perfect. Enjoy me as your all-sufficient one. Don't use your four without the one. Be perfect. I am the all-sufficient one. Look at the footnote. You like this? In Hebrew word, the all-sufficient means El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the mighty one. Shaddai comes from the Hebrew word meaning breast or other. When we talk breast, that is more on associated with love. The, the tenderly love of the mother breast. And, but when we talk about other, which is from the animal, from the cow, that is more emphasized the riches, the nutritious. It become one of our constituent and our organic tissue. Okay. The more we enjoy him, this divine other that produced the cow milk. These are the constituent of the cow become his, uh, the organic tissue. Since we enjoy God, we become God. Many people just want to enjoy God's love. But here, God spoke to Abraham, I am El Shaddai. This is the divine other that is produce the milk to be our constituent, even become our vital tissue, our organic tissue. Our body is built up with all kinds of tissue. Praise the Lord. God said, don't produce something out of yourself. Come on, enjoy me as your other. I am the El Shaddai, the mighty other. Wonderful. Amen. The more we eat him, the more we become him. And verse 2, he said, I will make a covenant between me and you. Let's make a covenant again. Don't do out of your own strength. I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him and saying, 
For as for me, this is my covenant with you, and you shall become the father of multitude of nation. Now, number one, you experience me as your other, you will be perfect. Number two, you have to change your name. Abram to Abraham, okay? To change your name. Okay? In Hebrews, Abram is only comprised of four Hebrew words, A-B-R-M. You know, Hebrew, they don't have vowels. Okay? Everything's consonants, you have to guess. <laughs> so A-B-R-M is Abram. It becomes A-B-R-H-M. From four consonants, from four letters, it becomes five letters. You need another one. Change your name from four letters to five letters. That is to changing our life. Saints, we want to get perfect, we need to change our life. Not just a title. Before, his name called Abram. Abram means exalted father. But Abraham means the father of many. Multitude. Before our old men, we want to be Abraham, exalted people, exalt us. My name is Abraham, exalted one. But God said, no, no, no. Exalting father doesn't count anything. I want you to become the father of many that you can multiply, you can propagate. I will make you exceedingly great and multi of nation. Amen. Saints, many Christians, they want to be exalted. But today, God is looking, where are the father of multitude? Don't call me reverend, exalted. Call me a father. You know, like Adrian, now you call Adrian father of many, he'll be very happy. The exalted father might be those who are very achieving, but they do not have children. But if you begin to have children, now you will know. Okay? You are the one taking care of diaper, prepare the bottles. You are the father of multitude. There are some people, they are good in preaching, good in speaking, they know the Bible, but they do not produce any people. They've been exalted, wow, you know the Bible, wow, you can preach. But do you have children? No children. They must change their name. Saints, we don't want to be an exalted one, but we want to be a multiply one. Amen. We want to change our name from Abram to Abraham. And Sarah, your wife, before is Sarah, Sarai, verse 15. God said to Abraham, how about your wife? Okay. And you shall not call her Sarai, but now you called her Sarah. And what is Sarai means? Sarai uh, the footnote there in 15.1, Sarai means my princess. And Sarah means the mother of nations. 
Amen. 15, 15, 2. Okay. Sarah means princess, that's general. Take away mine. Okay. Before everything is mine. But now change from Sarai to Sarah. Okay. Sarai is my princess. Before we just taking care of mine, my interest, my profit, my future, my growth, my function, my spiritual capacity, my, 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 me. Okay. We still, Sarai, okay. you know, many sisters, you can testify. Before we have children, uh, we are lady, okay? uh, we, we are lady and we have to be, I don't know how to describe, but after you got children, you got babies, ah, everything you do, jack of all trades. Because you forget about yourself. You just take care of your baby. Amen. We don't want to be Sarai. We want to be Sarah. The princess, footnote 15 too. Sarah means princess. The word my before princess has been taken away. When it's my means we are narrow. Our narrowness, our particularity. We just want to be a special. But now when you become a mother, that special is gone. <laughs> no more mine. It's no longer me I live. It's gone. Only Christ lives. Amen. The changing of Sarah's name signifies generality and suggests the enlarging and broadening of her person to make her underline the word a mother of nations, plural. Since in the church life, we need many Sarah, mother of many nations. Not just my princess, oh, I'm the prince. I want to be a special. People must take care of me. They must honor me. Now, the Lord say, be perfect. Number one, enjoy my di divine other. Number two, change your name. From the narrowness to the broadness. From the exalting father, become the father of many multitudes. Amen. Okay. That is to change our person. No longer <clears throat> live for ourselves with our natural name. All right, that's number two how to be perfect. And number three, that is verse seven, I will establish my covenant between you and me, your seed and after throughout their generation. And then <clears throat> verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed and after you that every male among you shall be circumcised. That is our covenant. Abraham, to be perfect, be perfect is to circumcise. What is circumcised? In Colossians chapter two, 
this the cutting off of our flesh. In verse 11 here, it says, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of covenant between me and you. And he who is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every male throughout your generation. Eight days. Circumcised means the cutting off of the foreskin. It signifies the cutting off of our flesh, to crucify our flesh, to deny our flesh. And that can only carry out on the eight days. What is eight days? Eight days is the first day of the second week. The first week is seven days. The second week, the second life, the second cycle, the first day is the eighth day. That means resurrection. We have to live in resurrection. After the seven days is over, a new beginning, that is resurrection. Saints, this makes us to be perfect. If we live in the old creation, we never perfect. Live in resurrection. That is a sign of covenant. You have to bear the sign of covenant. What is that? That is baptism. Our baptism is sign of covenant. Okay. That is, oh Lord, I have to look after my time. In Romans chapter 4, verse 11. And receive the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, that we justified by faith, which he had while in uncircumcision, that he might be the father of all those in uncircumcision who believe, that righteousness might be accounted to them also. What do you mean by baptism? Baptism is to terminate our old man, termination of our old man, our old person, that we no longer live by the flesh. We have no confidence with our flesh, the strength of our flesh. That is circumcision on the eighth day. These are all uh, to make him be perfect. Did you see uh, in chapter 17, verse 1? I am the all-sufficient God. Walk before me and be perfect. To enjoy, receive the all-sufficient God. No, that is to change our name and bear the sign of the covenant of circumcision. Yeah. Do not live by your own flesh. Um, that is the sign of your covenant, sign of your flesh. And in verse 14, but as for those who did not circumcise, the male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. 
That means you will not partake all the profit of God's people. If we live by the flesh, we will know we are not qualified to enjoy him as El Shaddai. We know more for God's purpose. And we even cut off ourselves from the church life, from God's people. Anyone who lives by the flesh, you'll be cut off from the sufficient supply of God, from fulfilling God's purpose, and even from the enjoyment of being God's people. You don't live by the flesh, but bear the signs of the covenant of circumcision. That is how he referred. And then after that, Verse 15, Abraham, be perfect and bring forth Isaac. Don't bring forth Ishmael, but bring forth Isaac. How Isaac was bring forth. And verse 15, God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai. No longer mine but be broadened. Yeah. It's no longer my, 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 but be broadened. Yeah. And I will bless her. I will give, I will also give you a son by her. Okay. Not just give you a son, but I will give you a son by her. Before God never speak that God will give the son to Abraham by Sarah. But this time, God said, no, no, no. The son is out of you, but it will by Sarah. That is by grace. Okay. You know, chapter 16. Yeah. That is by law. But today, God speak to Abraham. That's by grace, not by law. Okay. That law come in before. So this promise come in before the law comes in. Uh, the law come in after the promise, 430 years later, it just intersects. That proposal of having a Hagar, that is not God's plan. But they cannot wait. They cannot wait. They just want to come in. Like Sarah. Okay? But now this time God strengthens Sarah and Abraham by, by her. Okay? Underline the word by her. That is by grace. That I will work myself into you. And by grace you will produce Isaac. I will bless her. She will be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come forth from her. That is Christ. Okay. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Will a child be born of a man? Now I'm 100 years old, this old man, old fuck, old fuck, 100 years old. And Sarah is 90 years old. Wow. 
Are we still bear child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might be before you. Yeah, amen, amen. Ishmael is okay. When God said by you, Abraham did not hear that. He said, Ah, Ishmael. He is not good. But verse 19, God speaks very strong. No. <laughs> Abraham, listen. No, 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 no. Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son. You know, this is how Isaac was brought in. Number one, Abraham must become old, 100 years. That not only old, but also out of function, that he cannot do anything. When Christ come in, that is when we finish ourselves. When we not able to function anything with our natural strength. Sometimes we pretend to be 100 years old. No, Lord, but actually we're still quite strong. <laughs> that cannot be pretend overnight. You need a lot of dealing that you really surrender. You, know? you just said, Lord, uh, I cannot do. We are old enough. And Sarah is 90 years old. Nothing. And then they also need the visitation of God. God came to visit them. Number one, they need to be old. Number two, God came to visit, like chapter 17, verse 1. And Abraham was 99 years old. Jehovah appeared to Abraham and said to him. This time, Jehovah came to visit him. All right. And let's come to verse 19. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. That is everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, okay, I will multiply him exceedingly, but not make covenant with him. Abraham, I will multiply Ishmael. They're going to have many, no problem, but no covenant made with him. The covenant is only between you and me. Abraham, listen. Okay. In verse 21, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Whom Sarah will bear to you, Sarah, not Hagar, whom Sarah will bear to you at this appointed time next year. Okay. Are you happy now? Next year. Okay. Don't be naughty. Okay. Just listen. Okay. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. Saints, many times we just cannot wait. We just say, Lord, you just keep talking, just like in the church life. I know when I was in the church, I was saying, well, all these serving brothers, they always talk, nothing happened. What? They're not doing anything. So we want to produce Ishmael to help God. At the end, everybody suffer. It's just Demakar. That is really chapter 16. We don't want to hang around chapter 16. We want to come to chapter 17. To enjoy the El Shaddai, to enjoy his sufficient supply and change our name. No more being exalted, no more my princess, but become the multitude father and also 
the mother of many nations. And then we also bear the sign of resurrection. Amen. Not trust in our flesh. And then bring forth Isaac. Amen. And this is how God spoke to Abraham in verse 22. And when he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Wonderful. God went up to Abraham. Now I will operate in ascension. Amen. I will carry out my heavenly ministry. Verse 24, Abraham, 99 years old, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, he no longer lived in his flesh, but now he cut off his flesh. No live, no trust his own flesh. Amen. And verse 27, and all the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from foreigners, were circumcised with him. Everybody lived in resurrection. Amen. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. We cover 16 and 17 tonight. 